0: Equine assisted therapy is a form of experiential adventure therapy in which residents interact with horses under the guidance and supervision of qualified professionals. By taking the therapeutic experience out of the traditional office environment and interacting with a powerful yet sensitive animal, equine assisted therapy allows residents to gain insight into emotions, relationships, and patterns of behavior. And on today's podcast, I'm joined by Jennifer England and Kaylin Woods. And they're here today to tell us more about equine-assisted therapy at Sierra Tucson. This is Let's Talk Mind, Body, Spirit by Sierra Tucson. Sierra Tucson, a leader in the field of behavioral health care since 1983. I'm Scott Webb. So it's really awesome to have both of you on. We were joking a bit that unfortunately the horses can't join us today. The office just isn't quite big enough, even for maybe a small one. Maybe that's a separate podcast just with me and the horses. But for today, we're going to learn about those horses and the equine program. So we'll start with you, Jennifer. Tell us about Sierra Tucson's equine program, the history of the program, and so on
1: yeah our program here at sierra tucson has been around for 30 years we have had horses on property currently we have 10 horses we have two little miniature horses one pony and seven of, we call them our bigs, our big <laughs> horses of different breeds. So, we have a wonderful equine therapy staff that work alongside our. We have four mental health therapists, and we have two what we call equine specialists that help us in our sessions and also help care for our horses. So, again, uh, one of the reasons I came to Sierra Tucson and moved across the country was because this program has been so well established and um, has a a long solid history of providing equine therapy services
0: yeah that's very cool and uh, I don't know why but anytime I picture small horses I don't know why it brings such a smile to my face there's just something <laughs> so adorable yeah you know, yeah the bigs are good especially I'm six four so I'd probably need a big but uh, the, the, the little ones the little cute little miniature horses they're just so cute and Kayla what's been your experience with equine therapy or leading up to your experience at Sierra Tucson
2: yeah, so I actually am one of the rare equine therapists who didn't grow up with horses. I kind of fell into it later in life when I was in high school and started volunteering at a barn, um, really to just kind of put it on a college resume, right? Um, and I absolutely fell in love with it. So um, I went to school at Clemson, and I went for my undergrad and graduate degree in recreational therapy And then my master's thesis was based around um, equine therapy and how that's being used. Um, So this, I would consider my first quote unquote, big girl job um, out here with Sierra Tucson being an equine therapist. Um, And I've absolutely fallen in love with it. Um, It is one of the most amazing things to see work and to just be a part of, um, and to be able to hang out not only with humans, but with our horses as well and see that relationship grow.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure. Right, uh, beautiful weather, uh, nice humans, nice horses, big girl job, you know, and all that, <laughs> that implies. That's awesome. So, Jennifer, what's the purpose and mission of equine therapy? This is really interesting to me. The last one I did was on adventure, uh, sort of therapy, and that was something new to me. And of course, I think I'm sort of familiar with this, and I certainly love being around horses myself. But from your perspective, purpose, mission, and some of the foundational concepts.
1: Sure, so in some ways we definitely fall under that whole experiential, um, a broad area like adventure does. Um, so again, that yeah. idea of being outside in a different environment, um, but really the, the purpose and mission of equine therapy is really to work with our uh, individual residents or in groups on some of their goals. Um, We really focus on um, their clinical goals and um, really using, it's it's always so hard, (laughs) it's so hard for me to describe this. I wish the minis were here. (laughs) so I could show you, but um, one of the things about the nature, we really use the nature of horses and the nature of horses being prey animals versus humans who are predators brings a lot to a uh, relationship that we can have with them. So things like um, being a, horses are really good at living in the present and being mindful. And a lot of times that's one of the big goals for a lot of our residents is to, is to get regulated in that first 30 days. Um, and so the horses can really help with that and that's just by their nature and also um, I think the mission too, obviously aside from the clinical goals is that they have a a good experience with some other living living being in that Mm -hmm. setting and um, build trust and a thousand pound animal minis aren't quite that big but our <laughs> horses right so the purpose and mission uh, falls in line a lot with with the clinical goals of of sierra tucson but we're really going about it in a different way with our horses as partners in therapy and and using the nature that they bring um to to help people to really work on work on those goals
2: yeah i think the what you're talking about, that nature of horses, right? Them being prey animals, they're not like dogs. They're not gonna sit there and lick your face. Mm. Um, They are gonna set boundaries. They are gonna do self-care and what they need to do so they can really model what do healthy relationships look like? Um, How does that work? And so to kind of see that reflection um, and for our residents to be able to be like, oh, okay, I'm I'm watching it happen. I can practice this now too, um, is, is something really special that that they bring just because of them being prey animals
1: and there's a lot of empowerment that comes along with we do all groundwork and we're really not here to teach them horsemanship or horse skills but there's so much empowerment that goes along with being able to do activities and be successful whether it's leading a horse Mm -hmm. or moving a horse there's a lot of empowerment um, that, that residents gain from that
0: yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, my my mom, so my daughter's grandma, uh, has a, a friend who has a horse, and she used to go uh, and and hang out with the horse, and 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 just seeing her, I, I really think that as a child, I think it really did help to empower her. She didn't know that's what we were trying to do. She just thought it was cool to hang out with horses because it is, you know, <laughs> undeniably cool. Exactly. But you're so right in in leading and feeding and riding horses. There's just something empowering. Uh, and and uh, really therapeutic about that. So I, I, I can connect to this just a little bit through the, the, the example of my daughter. And thinking of examples, Kaelin, wondering, do you have some examples of the therapeutic experience, you know, resident life experience? Obviously we want to keep it anonymous, but when you think about some folks that you've worked with and their work with the horses, maybe you can give us an example.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I actually run a group for um, women who have survived sexual violence. So That group is a specialty group that we run here. And one of the things that we work on a lot in that group is, um, is boundaries, right? Um, when you survive a trauma like that, your, your boundaries are crossed, they're violated. So kind of empowering to reestablish those boundaries. So one of the activities that we actually do is I have my women create a representation of their safe space. Um, kind of define that what does that look like what feels safe to you how do you know that you're safe and then we actually end up using our little minis um, when we hide treats and that gets them super excited they run around and they try to come into what we just built as a safe space and so that's where that practice comes in of okay how do you set this boundary how do you set a healthy boundary And we talk about, you know, does this feel okay? In some instances, it might be okay to let people in your safe space and others, not so much. So that's just one example of how we can really work on, um, kind of what they're going through in those real life things like boundaries and, and finding safety after a trauma, um, but kind of translate it into our world of equine and, and give them that real life practice before they do it with humans. I,
1: I run the men's group for sexual trauma and abuse, and I agree with Kaelin. There is so much about, uh, especially uh, in regards to, to men, being able to feel safe to share their trauma, um, but being out and being out in a herd of eight horses and creating that safe space where things like uh, guilt and shame can be discussed and worked through and, again, um, being able to have that that safe experience with the horses is 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 amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm sure, and you know, I'm assuming as intelligent as horses may be, they don't even realize the impact, the power that they have to help these folks, both men and women, through a variety of things. Uh, Jennifer, are there any limitations? for participants, you know? I mean, uh, maybe it's a size thing, right? No, you're too big for the little one, or, you know, you're too small for the big, but but besides those sort of obvious limitations, are there any others for participants?
1: There really are not limitations. Uh, What we do is our equine specialists provide information about safety to all the residents before they engage with the horses. Personally, for about 12 years, I was a therapeutic riding instructor. So I have a lot of knowledge and comfort around making adaptations as needed. And our horses are, are trained trained for that, for things like a scooter maybe, or a uh, walking stick, something like that. So other than, I would say, a more serious diagnosis of of something that would have involved harm to animals, Uh, there are really no limitations. We provide safety and support. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think one of the other things that we really try to do is empower residents to know that they always have a choice. We're never gonna force them to engage with the animals if they don't want to. And so we really kind of put that back in their hands of like, okay, if you need an adaptation, if you need some extra support, let us know, advocate for yourself. And that really kind of allows them to, again, feel that sense of empowerment. Um, as they're going through this experience,
0: yeah, I'm sure. And, and having done some horseback riding myself, you know, especially with some of the bigger horses, yeah, I mean, horses are horses too. Are like people, they have good days and bad days. And sometimes, you know, a really big horse, it seems like they're having a bad day. You think, yeah, maybe, maybe that's not. Maybe not today. Maybe (laughs) that's not the one for me today. So I'm sure you consider all of that. And and my experience has just been that it's just so important both for the the horses and for the riders to sort of trust each other, you know, and know that you were on the same page, at least, you know, for that day. And, And wondering, Caitlin... When we think about goals and goal setting and working with residents, how does that work? Is that a collaborative experience between everybody setting those goals or they come with them and then you say, Okay, yeah, I think we can check some of these off the list working with the horses? How's that work?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So before every session, um, every group session, we kind of do a check-in. And during that time we ask residents, you know, what do you want to accomplish in this next, you know, two hours with the horses? What are you working on in your recovery? And that kind of allows us to set tra- trajectory on like where we're gonna go with that session, right? Um, so if someone comes in and says, hey, I'm working on you know, finding a better coping skill than using alcohol, that's where we can kind of, as therapists, be like, okay, we have this idea planned and we can address that goal through um, talking about temptations or practicing coping skills with the horses. Um, So we really try to have a plan when we go in, but we are always flexible and being able to adapt to whatever they're bringing to group that day. Um, Because the reality is this treatment is for them. We're here to, to provide support for what they're working on. So that's a big part of our job is just being flexible and adaptable and kind of shifting gears where we need to so that they can work on those identified goals.
0: Yeah, and we were talking about how, you know, horses like people have good days and bad days, and horses like people can sometimes be unpredictable, right? So you always go into it with the best intentions. Okay, this is what we think we're going to do, we're hoping to do today, but, you know, sometimes a horse may not cooperate or might need a little coaxing, or maybe even the human might need a little bit of coaxing as well, and maybe that's really what this is all about. And, Jennifer, I learned in adventure therapy that, you know, one of the most important things is being able, you know, residents, patients, clients, uh, is them being able to take this back into their lives, to the quote-unquote real world. So how do you help them do that, carry the goals and experiences and working with the horses and all that therapy? How do you help them to take that back with them when, when they leave Sierra Tucson?
1: So certainly that's a big goal, and, and that's something as as we wind down a session that we really ask straightforward in terms of what is your specific takeaway, how will you apply what you've learned here in this session or practiced in this session uh, to your life. So for example, uh, we do some groundwork around moving horses, getting their feet to move on the ground and talk about, relate that to different issues around how they might get their feet moving in recovery, whether they're feeling depressed, whether they're feeling anxious. And so by doing the practice of moving the horse's feet, identifying really what worked for you and and really visualizing, I did this with the horse, now how can I do this when I leave Sierra Tucson and I don't wanna get out of bed in the morning, right? I can go back to that, practice that i did and realize it just might be one step um or they might have got the horse to to really move their feet Mm -hmm. um we also use movement like that to practice things around relationships and communication like you said sometimes a thousand pounds doesn't feel like moving its feet Um, and we know sometimes in in communication and building healthy relationships and things like that, those things come up. And so again, we provide space, we provide opportunities to have an experience that relates to their goals. And then at the end of session, when we wrap up, we really ask them to identify what that takeaway is gonna look like in their life after Sierra Tucson.
2: Yeah, and I think asking them to really tap into that metaphorical side of their brain too of why in the world are we asking you to lead a horse with your eyes closed? What does this have to do with your recovery? Um, And kind of asking them to pull those, if they're willing and able to pull those metaphors out of there, like, oh, okay, this is more than just about asking a horse's feet to move. Um, There's something deeper going on here that I can tap into.
1: And it's it's interesting sometimes that we have residents, and I'm looking at Kaylin, we're kind (laughs) of laughing, because we have residents that come out to equine therapy and think, this is gonna be a lot about petting horses, and then we therapize them, and then they laugh. They they always joke with us, oh, you got me, right? Um, because it's like you said, they're enjoying that moment, and they're maybe not realizing through that experiential process what's happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, as we say, we we're talking about literally like that thousand pound animal may or may not wanna move their feet when you want them to, but it's more than, sometimes that happens, of course, as you say, but it's more the what it takes to get a thousand-pound animal to do what you want them to do. So sometimes it's literal and maybe metaphorical. Yeah, it's so cool. This is so interesting to me. Uh, like I said, maybe in the future we'll actually speak with the horses. Uh, if they, if they o- <laughs> get their take. If on they it. only knew the power that they have. I mean, uh, you know, and I know they're in it for the treats and the petting and the and the care that you, <laughs> that you give them. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, if you got some carrots, you got a happy horse, right? So absolutely. Yeah, I just want to give you both an opportunity as. We We close up here to just talk a little bit about the relationship that you have with the residents and working through things like trauma, anxiety, and so on, and bringing in the horses and the equine therapy and all this really cool stuff. Maybe just a chance for you to just sort of share your side of things. Maybe start with you, Caitlin.
2: Yeah, I think one of the reasons I love equine therapy so much is it's such a unique experience. We get residents all the time who have never touched a horse before. Um, And so to be able to walk with someone through potentially that fear, that anxiety, I don't know what to do, that teaching moment, it really creates a very different therapist-patient bond um, that kind of allows us to dig into stuff right away, whereas, in the office, that might take a little bit more time. Um, So we really get this amazing opportunity to help people go outside their comfort zone, help them realize their potential with these amazing, beautiful four-legged therapists as we call them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And to just have that experience where they can be like, okay, I've done this, now I can do the hard stuff in recovery as well. So its I feel very blessed to be able to be a part in that. And just to also, you know, being at the barns, a different experience, we get to be a little bit more casual. Um, when you have a resident that you're hanging out with and talking to, and they're like, Hey, I really want to come help you. Can I just like shovel poop with you in the morning? You definitely (laughs) get a different experience with them. Um, and to really just also just to be a a human being and to have that relationship, um, and to be building that in, in a very different way.
1: I agree with Kaelin, yeah, in terms of being human in this process. Um, so much about our work just looks so much different than any therapy session, right? We have cowboy boots on, mm-hmm. not dress shoes. We are outside and it's We're cold. covered in horse <laughs> slobber. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I, I think that helps to create that really human connection, mm-hmm. that we're all human in this in this process and, and the work that we're doing and, and and support. And I really, I don't know, I, I, I don't know that I could go back to doing office therapy after having done this kind of work for so long because um, it really, like Kaylin said too, I feel like with the horse there in that situation, I, I had residents just put their hand on the horse start to regulate and just be able to tap in maybe it's tears maybe it's anger whatever it is but be able to tap into that so much more quickly and and, and i can step back and just be a safe way to hold that space for them mm-hmm. to go to that that work that they need to do and they can lean in on the horse um so yeah, I think there's so much about just being a human in the process with our four-legged friends.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the four-legged friends, therapists. Uh, it's really, you know, in my experience with horses, they're just such beautiful majestic and, and usually calm beings and yeah, there's just yeah. something just something about them just being near them being around them touching them maybe hugging them if they'll allow it oh, that yeah. day you know mm-hmm. uh, this has been uh, so fun so lovely I just want to thank you both for telling us more about equine therapy it makes me want to do it myself I'm outside Chicago <laughs> and it's freezing here so there's no horseback riding today fly sure. to
2: Arizona we'll take care of you I, I, Oh yeah. my God, I
0: would love to do that I'll talk to my wife but uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, great meeting you both, learning more, and you both stay well.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: And to learn more about equine-assisted therapy, go to sierratucson.com slash therapies slash integrative slash equine. And if you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the full podcast library for additional topics of interest. This is Let's Talk Mind, Body, Spirit from Sierra Tucson. I'm Scott Webb. Stay well.